0: You're listening to The Chopping, Group, a weekly podcast from City Life Church where we have short informal conversations about the Bible and the meaning it has for our lives. If you didn't get the
1: chance to catch last week's sermon, I'd recommend going back and giving it a listen so that you can pick up with us where the sermon left off.
0: Well, good morning everyone, and welcome back to the chopping block. Good morning. I'm here with Pastor Andrew Atkinson and Zach Busick, and uh, excited to talk about a different Sunday morning that we had at City Life Church this weekend. You know, typically we have a preaching moment where we're opening a text and really explaining Christ from that text, um, which which you know is hugely important. Uh, but this week we did something a little different. We had a longer testimony video from Miss Peggy Holman, who's longtime church member, dear sister in Christ, who went to be with Jesus a few weeks ago. And uh, man, I I knew it was a little different morning for us in our kind of our typical liturgy, but felt like it was a really powerful morning uh, with our people.
1: I know I've heard from several individuals who, yeah, just communicated. Man, that that was a powerful. You know, testimony, and I really appreciate you guys doing that. Um, it was a bit of a different morning, uh, than our normal routine. Yeah. But I think, I think it's going to be one of those moments that we look back on even and go, man, that was, that was a really important Sunday. Right. Um, such a powerful word from Miss Peggy. Yeah. Yeah. Just really felt like the spirit was at work, I think, through her testimony and, um, yeah, and in the response the call to
0: response from that. So. Mm. Yeah, maybe for the person who or, or or for someone who's just thinking through you know how we think through liturgy, how we think through a Sunday morning service. You know, again, we're a we want to be a word-centric church. We want to stand on the word of God, and that's why the the preaching moment's kind of central to our worship each week. And and you know, there's some churches and this is not to this is not to say better or worse for us or them. There's some churches who would who would never, probably, you know, place a testimony in place of the normal preaching moment. But we did this week, and we thought the Lord led us to that. Um, wh- why do we think, as much as we want to be founded on the Word of God, and we and we and we we rest there in our worship. Why do we think testimony is really important too, and really powerful, and why do we give a morning to it?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, two of our values at City Life, one, to be gospel-centered. So we really believe in this idea of gospel centrality, that the the gospel is center, um, and we want it to to be, um, in everything that we do, we want to communicate the gospel. And um, and a big piece of that is uh, the gospel through the preached word. The gospel through the proclaimed word. So as we think about preaching, even the way that we preach, we want to preach in a gospel-centered way, where we're we're not saying do fundamentally, we're saying done. Yeah, you know, we want to be. Um, I was actually reading through um, a Gospel Coalition article this morning, and I think Martin Lloyd Jones used this metaphor, but we don't want to be military advisors. We'll, we want to be heralds, um, not hey, here's how you're going to win the war, but hey, the war is won. Mm-hmm. That go declare go declare the good news of victory, right? Um, so we want to be gospel-centered, but, but the other value um, is to be spirit-led. We really value this idea of um, the role of the Holy Spirit in our individual lives and in the life of the church. And we, we want to be a church that is um, acknowledging the Holy Spirit as a person of the Trinity, who's alive and at work, and this was one of those moments where we really felt like the Spirit was leading us to do this. We felt like it was such um, a timely word uh, from God through our sister Peggy mm-hmm. that we made the decision to disrupt the normal the normal routine. So um, a couple of caveats there. This probably won't be a regular occurrence for us in the way that we did it. Right. We want testimony to be a regular occurrence. We think the primary arena for that is probably our city groups. Um, but from time to time incorporating that into, into our Sunday morning gatherings, we think testimonies are really powerful um, as we bear witness to how God's at work in our lives and what he's teaching us. We don't want to displace the preached word. Um, but but for this moment, we felt like it was the right thing to do. And so we're trying to live in this nuance of, man, there is a purpose to right. the pattern of our worship, where we think through our liturgy in a in a gospel centered way, like we want we want to rehearse the gospel every time we come together. Mm-hmm. So you've, and I think we've even talked through in here. I think with Zach, um, on kind of the heart behind our approach and what's happening in the movement of our liturgy from God calling us to worship, He's inviting us in. To then, you know, the the general pattern and order of worship. We see God as holy. That exposes ourselves as sinful. We confess our sin. We're assured of grace, and in the assurance of grace, Jesus invites us to sit down at the table with Him, and He feeds us first through the Word and then through communion. And then He sends us out as God's people to go live in the world in light of the gospel and to be witnesses of 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 the gospel. Um, So that's the normal pattern for us, Um, but we made the decision to to do something a little different this yeah. past sunday and i think i think uh i think it was the right move
0: yeah i think god really used it and i'm really thankful to be at a church that wants to hold those two things uh together gospel centered and spirit led i think that's i think that's where flourishing is found i think that's where vi- you know spiritual vitality is found as we are standing on the gospel and trying to live and step with the Spirit. so I'm thankful for a church that that, that to be at a church where we took a step out this week and really focused on this story of Peggy Holman's life and and what God has done in her life and specifically through her you know suffering through the last seven years of really battling cancer and specifically even more the last you know five to six months, God has been doing a special work in her life through the Holy Spirit. And I think that was evident in her story. I mean, what are some of the things that stood out to you as she was sharing her testimony on Sunday morning?
1: One of the things kind of, you know, you talked about how the Lord was at work in, in her journey with cancer. One of the things that jumped out to me immediately in her story was when she said this, I knew this was from the Lord. Yeah. Wow. You know, what a view of God's sovereignty. Um, to go, this cancer is ultimately part of God's plan for my sanctification, mm-hmm. and how He's going to use my life for His glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, that jumped out at me. Um, th- that statement in her testimony really gripped me.
0: Yeah, like even thinking about like the the power of testimony versus even hearing ex- hearing. Someone say a theological truth, right? Like we can say God is sovereign, even in the midst of our suffering, and that's true, and the Holy Spirit can make that really true to people. But when you hear a woman who has experienced suffering in a real way, and she says, "I knew it was from God, that's palpable and it, and, it, and it's hard it, it it hits a little different, yeah.
1: Yeah, kind of. Is, is, this is from that same article I referenced a second ago. Um, C.S. Lewis um, y- talking about how to use words um, in our writing and in our communication said, "You know, y- you don't you don't teach someone how to tie a tie with you know written instruction. You you show them, mm. right? And and I think this is one of those moments where it's like." You can, we should declare the sovereignty of God even in our suffering, in pain and sickness. And, but if if you really want to show, like, if you want to grip someone with what that looks like to trust God in those moments and to really anchor your life on that, you show them. Yeah, and and I think one of the things Peggy Holman, you know, is doing it, you know, through her testimony is showing us how to suffer well, Mm -hmm. showing us how to trusting God in the midst of of hardship with a cancer diagnosis. Um, so that was one thing that, that really, really gripped me. What would What's something that you would say, you know, in listening to it that jumped out at you?
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a couple things that came to mind. I was actually talking about it with our city group on Sunday. We were going to do some sermon discussion, and then we ended up just reflecting on her testimony, and it, it took most of our time because it was so powerful. But a couple of things that came to mind for me one was just you know i think this 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 word can be thrown out too much but the idea of legacy like the idea of 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 the faith legacy we want to leave mm. you know for our loved ones for our family for our children you know even thinking about kind of that 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 moment where god really did something special in her life through the Holy Spirit when she had this moment of forgiveness with her daughter because she felt like you know in those last months like i need to forg- i need to have all these conversations with people because i want them to know what's true right mm. and i want to know what i believe um and, and in, in in our conversations with you with with her near the end she was most concerned about her kids her husband her grandchildren and and just like the idea that you know, suffering and even getting near the end of life really clarifies what's most important. Yep. And we can get caught up in so many things, so many good things, but but man, are we missing on the things that are most important? Right. Like I think about even my own kids and Peggy's demonstration to her kids, and I'm like, man, my kids—they're the—they they're the, come first when it comes to my ministry. And and is that how I think it? Yep. Or as a pastor, do I get so caught up in all the other doings that I have to do that I I miss the most important thing? You know,
1: yeah, I've thought a lot about that too. I think some people would look at, especially toward the end, as the Lord really gripped hold of Peggy's life, um, some people might describe it as like radical. Right. Uh, I mean, she she testifies of like, going, okay, God, who do you have for me today? And she's like sharing her faith. You know, at the cancer treatment center, she's sharing her faith with nurses. Um, You know, she's, I mean, she was living intentionally. Right. Um, And some people might look at that and go, man, she's, she's radical. It's over the top. But I think the word that I've used to describe that is lucid. Mm. I think the, the brevity of her life, you know, and her awareness that her days were short gave her, you know, she was so lucid about maximizing the short time she had. Yeah. She didn't want to waste it. And so there was a clarity there yeah. that I think most of us aren't living with. Um, and that really stood out to me. I think something else for me, and you referenced it, was, you know, she talked about this literal, like, palpable sense of God's presence. Right. Where she had this moment of, like, encounter with the Holy spirit. Um, I think most of us would go, man, I wish for something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I, how do I experience that? Um, and she was quick to say, man, this is, this doesn't happen on a program. Like you can't, you know, there's no formula, but, but what, what kind of preceded that for her was in a conversation with her daughter, where she was sharing essentially the, the diagnosis from the doctor that, Um, her prognosis wasn't good. She felt like the Lord was leading her to go further and to ask for forgiveness from her daughter. Yeah. Which doesn't seem that radical. It's pretty ordinary obedience, but it was what the Spirit was impressing on her heart to do. Yeah. And she said there was a breakthrough in that moment with her daughter, but that was what was like, that's what preceded this encounter with the Lord was obedience in that moment. And then essentially opening herself up to her language was surrender. Like that. She found a, found a freedom in surrendering her, her life completely to the Lord and going, Lord, whatever you ask, I'll do. Yeah. Wherever you lead, I'll go. Um, and that that was the real breakthrough for her. And I think, that was a real word to me to go like, I think a lot of people go, man, I want the, I want the Holy Spirit moment. I want to encounter God in this supernatural way. Um, but they think that they have to go on some spiritual pilgrimage or go to some holy site to maybe have that sort of experience. And Peggy's testimony was ordinary obedience. Right. Just do what the Spirit's impressing upon you in the here and now be faithful in the little things and fully surrender yourself. Um, and she was still quick to say, you know, it's different for every person. Right. And, and that was, you know, that, that, that that experience for her, she was like, I knew this wasn't going to last. Like, um, she said, I was so thankful for it, you know, but then for her, it became about what does it look like to abide in the everyday, to experience the intimacy of Jesus in the everyday. Um, So that really stood out to me.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I think that your words there even helped me flesh out some of what I was meaning by the word legacy there, that not just about her children, not just about my children, more about like what matters most. Mm. And what I, in some real sense, what I want people to remember most about me. And for Peggy, it was that I love Jesus and that Jesus loves them. And she wanted to tell as many people about that. You know, when we were with her uh, in some of the last weeks of her life, she she recounted kind of just this. I I, I hope I've done enough, right? And it wasn't this like earning mentality. She she knew totally. Assu- she was totally assured that God loved her. It wasn't about that. It was more about I, I you know did I tell enough people, mm. and did I did I use this gift that God's given me in, in to use it well, mm. and I just think she talked about living in this power, and you know you and I talk about this often that we so often talk about the what the gospel does in freeing us from the penalty of sin, but we don't often really live out the gospel power like the, the that it frees us from the power of sin, but also gives us the power to live holy spirit empowered lives right. Right. And so I think just, I'm envious. (laughs) Maybe that's, I don't know if that's a right thing to say, a good thing to say. I'm envious of Miss Peggy's experience over the last six months of living just with a freedom and to your word, a a radical obedience to Jesus. And I want to do that now. Like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want, you know, sometimes God does that. I don't want it to take Waiting to fifty years for me to begin doing that that was her call like don't wait fifty years right start living it now and and I want to care enough about Jesus that I'm willing to share with the receptionist at the doctor's office when I'm there like beggy yep. I, I want I want to follow her model so yep. I think that's some of what I mean even by her legacy and how I want that to impact my legacy and others yep in our church so
1: I think if we're honest most of us don't wake up thinking and today could be a day where I really abide right. in Jesus. Today could be a day where I live in the power of the spirit and I experience his presence with me and where I posture myself to receive what he has for me. And I'm open to the leading and the guiding of the spirit in my life. Yeah, Most of us don't wake up that day. Um, where we give ourselves to the word and it's it's more than a checklist but it's it's an encounter with the living god you know speaking to us through his word and we're we're trying to actively listen even as we read and study the word and saying speak lord your servant is listening and yeah. and maybe you want to deposit a truth in me that is going to carry me through this day or you know something that i even need to to pass on to somebody else I think so much of it living in the power of the spirit is this posture of I me mean, like, you're a living God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was so evident in Peggy's life just in talking with her. I mean, I've, I've come back to this a few times, but man, it wrecked me when we were in the hospital with her. Um, this was on the Tuesday before she passed. And right. as we were dialoguing, she said, man, I, I'm beginning to sense his presence. Mm. um, and she was essentially imagining heaven, you know, and then, and then she said, I just love him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, man, Jesus is real to this woman. Mm, yes. You know, and, and it's like, man, that is being, I think what's so powerful about her testimony is, you know, she was saying that's being offered to every single one of us. Yeah. That we can live in that kind of a relationship with the living God. And, and the problem for most of us is we just don't wake up every morning and appropriate. We don't take hold of what's being offered us in the gospel. And I think Peggy did in those yeah. last months of her life. She really took hold of the full offer of the gospel. And and that's what I'm walking with is like, I man, I can wake up every morning and I can experience that. And again, that's not on a program. We can't we can't mechanize that, but we can't wake up and go, God, you're real, yeah. and I want to experience your living presence today.
0: Yeah, and I think maybe the the final call from 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 Peggy's story for everyone listening for us today is is most clearly seen in that picture she gave of imagining a a gym, a gymnastics you know uh, arena, or maybe you picture aviate uh, or one of the jump like trampoline parks we have today, but she pictured this jumping into the foam pit, like just giving herself over to God, so sur- totally surrender, you know, for too long I've stayed on the sidelines, for too long I've, I said, no, I can't do that, that's that's too scary, or that's, I'm not willing to give that up, but just the freedom of, of flinging yourself into the ball pit of grace, right, and saying, God, I'm yours, whatever you want to do with me, and any, like even that picture is just so beautiful because if you remember the freedom of when you launch off that thing, it's like man, I'm I'm totally at, at 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 the whim of this pit here. Right. And the same thing with God, I'm totally at God's will here, as I'm surrendering my will, I'm surrendering my own will in my own life, and saying, God, do with me what you will. So, um, man, that that's I think that's a call for everyone here. What's keeping you from jumping? Yeah.
1: Right or maybe yeah what what it what does it look like for you to take a step of surrender yeah you know is is there something that's obvious to you that's very specific that you're holding back whatever that is i think you know give that to god yeah. take a step of obedience and and trust him to meet you there with grace
0: cuz there's real freedom and there's real power there Man, we're so thankful for the life of Peggy Holman and uh, what she means to our church and has meant and still means to our church. Yeah. Amen. See you next week.
1: If you want to find out more about City Life Church or have any questions about the kinds of things we talked about today, you can head over to citylifechurch.org and fill out a digital connect card. We'd love to reach out and stay in touch with you. Thanks for listening.